Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Sports for the Max on a Friday night. See, sometimes this stuff hits close to home. Sometimes it's just theory, but sometimes it hits close to home. Things you don't anticipate, all of a sudden the unexpected. And then you say, okay, now I understand what everybody's talking about. Now I get it. I've heard about supply chain. I've heard about a work shortage. But until it affects you, it doesn't matter to you. Jay Robinson, if it doesn't touch you and affect you, it doesn't matter to you. And it won't matter to you until it touches you or affects you. Everything else is theory. Today it affected me. And I'm wondering how we get out of this quandary that we're in. Because I've heard about we can't get enough people that want to work right now. We've got plenty of jobs and not enough people that want to work. And I've heard about that and I've seen that and I've had people complain. But today, today, I was over right up. I'll never forget. You know, sometimes you go, I, the moment I realized, the moment that it became apparent to me, when the light shined bright and I said, okay, now I understand what they're talking about. I was over at, off, working on at Lifetime off of Highway 7 there in 101, not far from. Uh, and right next door, there's a holiday station. And the next holiday station is Caribou Coffee. So as is my want when I'm there is I get the workout in, work out hard, you know, grind it out. We're lifting, we're going at it. And plus, I pick up a lot of sources there too because when you're over there, you run into all kinds of people that want to talk sports. So you get to bounce things off them. Anyway, I go over to Caribou Coffee. It's 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm going to go there, get my, I'm going to get medium coffee, half regular, half decaf. Okay, I don't want too much caffeine, but I want some. And I want that warm, smooth taste, dark roast. Real simple. No cream, no sugar. But I, I've been thinking about this now since halfway through my workout because I'm going, to, I'm going to go in, I'm going to grab that cup of coffee, I'm going to drive into work to WCCO TV, I'm going to have that warm cup of coffee with me, and that will be my friend on the way in. And guess what? It wasn't open. And so then I looked at the store hours to see. Well, I thought, well, maybe they're not open on Fridays. That seems kind of strange. And I said, no, they're open from you know, like 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. or whatever it is, Monday through Friday. You know, it gives the different hours. And I realized they just didn't have enough staff to work at a Caribou Coffee in the middle of the afternoon. And they've got drive through service as well on a Friday. And I, and, and I said to myself, why on earth do we have such a work shortage? We've come out of COVID, right? We've come out of COVID and the government subsidies are gone. So why is it now so hard to find people that want to work? And who are these people that would rather sit at home than work? And how do we motivate those people out of their basement or their living room to work? 651-461-9226 if you have any advice because I can't figure it out. 651-461-9226. I'm looking at this and I'm saying, okay, if you do the multiples on this, this is happening all over. And I'm saying, is it because they can find a better wage somewhere else? 
Uh, does it pay $12 here and they can go over and work at Walmart for $15 an hour? And is it worth working at Walmart for $15 an hour versus working at Caribou Coffee for, I don't know what they pay, $11, $12? I don't, I don't know. So I don't, I don't want to quote it, but I'm going, we got a great big, you know, coming out of COVID, we're, we're supposed to be going guns a blazing. Here we go. And everything gets back to normal. And instead, we got people that don't want to work. And I just wonder, and I wonder out loud, how are we going to change this? How on earth are we going to convince people to work if they don't want to work? Or if they've decided that it's not worth working for that wage, how do we do this short of drastic inflation? How are we going to do this? And why is it, and this is the one that really mystifies me, why is it that people don't want to work? Because when you work, to me, yes, there is the wage that you get. There's the living wage. There's the check that you get. There's the money in the bank. There's the this and that. And you can go out and do fun things. But there's also a sense of accomplishment and pride every day. There's a sense of, I did something today. On top of that, you meet people that you've never met before sometimes. And you say, that's fun. That's invigorating. It's neat to be around all these other people. And, and, and oh boy, now I got a new friend, whatever it is. Or I talked to somebody interesting at the counter, and we can't get people, enough people that want to work. Who are you people that are sitting on the sidelines, and why don't you want to work? We can't get this thing going unless somebody steps up and wants to work. We, we can't do it. We're stuck. And nobody anticipated this. Nobody, nobody thought, well, you know what's going to happen after we get done with COVID, and after, you know, after people feel pretty comfortable being out there, uh, we're, we're going to have work shortage. I can see that during the the, uh, uh, the government handouts. But now that that's over, what are these people doing? What do you do if you're not working and you're able-bodied and you could work? What, what are you doing during the day? And how are you getting through life? And I'm going, this, this isn't good. This isn't good for us on two fronts. Number one, we need people that work so that they can service and everybody can get what they want when they want. We need people that work so that they can put that money that they make back into the economy and everybody benefits from it. You know, if, if you're working there at Highway 101 at the Caribou, you might go over to the Pancake House uh, a mile away after whatever it is. And I'm going, why is it? What, what, what am I not seeing that other people might be as to why people don't want to work? What, what, what is, I, I, don't, I don't understand. I'll never understand. I, I don't understand people that only work five days a week. I, I, I think that, oh, no, I'm going to get going. I'll get in trouble. I don't. I. 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 I'll shut up about that part. Okay. Let's just say we'll get. We're just. Our goal is five days a week. But I think if you work a sixth day, you can do a lot more good for yourself. That. That's just an opinion. Let's go to Bruce in Brooklyn Park. Bruce, have you noticed this? And how are we going to motivate these people off the couch? Um, you know, Rex. One thing that, uh, and I was unemployed. I was one of those that was out for fifteen months because no one was hiring project managers during that time. Okay. Um, luckily, I found a job. At, it was the first day of my 16th month of unemployment uh, that I started my new job that okay. I'm currently in. But uh, they, the, the uh, unemployment program offers uh, and encourages cross-training into new careers. Um, so what has happened is a lot of those individuals that may have been working those hourly, low-skilled, no-skilled jobs have now got skills and either went into the trades or went into, went back to school. Coursera was offering free college classes uh, online to anyone who was on unemployment 
during that time as part of COVID up until okay. March of last year. Okay, so, so do we not have enough people? Have they advanced themselves, you're saying, that, that, that jobs like Caribou Coffee are no longer appealing to them and they can find, are they finding better jobs than that? Is that where the work shortage comes in? Or do we have enough, too many people that just are, are still cross-training or, or just don't care and don't want to work? I don't think it's, I don't think that the, the don't care, don't want to work thing, and I, I take offense to that when I was unemployed, people would criticize me and it wasn't that I didn't want to. The first day I lost my job, I was already looking for work, networking, and applying for jobs. Okay. Um, I know there were some people that were not. But um, the biggest issue right now is in November, we had the big resignation. Yep. Uh, people were resigning. They were getting fed up. They were going into working for themselves. They were joining. We've got this new thing called the gig economy. Yep. That a lot of people are finding ways to get into. And there's a lot of opportunity there. Um, you've got a lot of individuals, though, that were in those no-skill jobs that took advantage of that time. They couldn't afford to have gone and gotten extra training on their own prior to COVID and prior to losing their job. That Then they did have that opportunity to go in and get that training. And, um, you know, the re- studies have said that's what's happened is a lot of these individuals that have left these no-skill or low-skill jobs are now skilled laborers. Or uh, are in the professional fields, working in the uh, blue-collar area, or oh. white-collar area, pardon me. Well, I appreciate the call. That sheds a little bit of light on it. So th- then I don't know where we go, because I don't know how we're going to get down to that, that, that ground zero, those jobs that we need, unless these corporations step up and spend more money on their employees. And these cups of coffee are already getting too expensive. Let's go to Matt and Blaine. Matt, you're on. Yeah, I, I think the previous caller kind of tied into what I kind of had to say. But, you know, I, from my point of view, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at uh, Dollar Generals and, and, and Starbucks and Caribou Coffees and Walmarts and, and Quick Trips all over the place. How many of these things do we need and how many workers are there to fill these actual jobs? Are there actually that many workers? They keep popping up everywhere. Do we have that many people? I, I don't know the answer to that. I, I, I don't know... Uh, it's, a, it's a fair question, but, but you're saying how many people would qualify as skilled at that level that would want that job, I guess? Yeah, right? and, you know, I, I just, just as an example, I go to my local, I was kind of trying to fill up a propane tank in my local Speedway, and they don't have enough staff for me to for, to send somebody out there to fill the tank. And I said, well, is there anybody in the area? Do you have another Speedway? I said, no, this other place is shut down because they don't have enough people working. And then just down the road, I got a holiday station getting put off a brand new one that, and a, and a, and a uh, quick trip. These huge gas stations, where are they going to find the workers if these Speedways can't find workers? You got me. And, and I don't know if you compete and you say, okay, Speedway was paying this, so we're going to up at $2 an hour and we're going to be one block away. I don't know how that game is being played. Certainly. I, they- I, just, I just think they don't exist is, is, is my point. Is they're, they're putting up all these little places that pay you know, really terrible wages. And I don't think there's enough people to fill these, just to fill those positions. And they keep putting in stores. Yeah, I, so, I understand what you're saying. Thank you for your call, Matt. Yep. Let's go to Eric in North Branch. Eric, you're on. How you doing? Good. What's your thought? Mike, how you doing? Good. Uh, you know, I think it's a combination of a few things, actually. You've got the highest level of people retiring. The baby boomers are dropping out to the tune of millions Yep, and, and, they, and they don't need to work anymore. They've worked it out, so they yeah, but, go, I'm comfortable with this, whatever it is. Whatever it is. You also have the 50-somethings who are now comfortable enough because they've done well enough in the market to say, you know what, 
I don't need to do this anymore. I'm yeah, although, although I would think that's few, that's a pretty small percentage. That's it's actually bigger than you think, and really? most of the ones that are doing it are are primarily there are a lot of a lot of women, but you're also getting a lot of women of child age who have kids who are just not going back. That's one. Those are those, that's one subset of what's going on. The other thing I think is you you know people are out of work. They're not getting cross trained. They're not trained for a whole lot. They don't want to do anything. They're being moved out because of automation. Automation's taking some of these jobs that, you know... And that's true. I mean, you go to Walmart, Target, wherever it is, I mean, they, they you try finding a, a place that you can go and actually go through the, you know, the, the traditional way to buy your, your goods, and there's usually like one and lane, they, and then right. there's six, 16 people waiting to go through the, the you know, self-serve. Correct. Because it's faster, it's easier, it's less complex. And so those people are now out trying, like your first caller said, trying to find different things to do that maybe they don't have to be frontline sort of retail yep. workers. Yep. I get I think it. That's just my, that's my take. But thank you for your call. Like, we're going to have to adjust to that. Um, today I was talking to somebody and th- this is a fair point. Uh, home health care for people that go into home health care. I, I was talking to a person that, that, that works in this field and they said for you can, you can go to home health care where, where there's a, a great deal of responsibility and burden because you're going in and trying to make sure that people that need medical and not necessarily medical attention, but they could, they're, they have a condition and you're paying them 11 and a half bucks an hour. Okay, he said, she said, we just lost employee because they said, I can clean three houses a week and make $180 a week. If I'm getting 11, and it takes me two hours per house, okay? So $60 a house, $180, um, six hours, okay? Or I can work for 11 and a half bucks an hour. Which one are you going to do? See what I'm saying? And so, so so, there is, I mean, the competition there is is real. And, and, and some of these corporations are going to have to step. I don't know that I have the answer uh, but I do think they're that slush fund that they got, that great big cash on hand. I think they're going to have to access it. Six five one four six one nine two two six. I went over to the women's final four earlier tonight, and I just wanted to see how the city of Minneapolis was responding to it, what it looked like, what it felt like. It was different than I thought. I will explain the walk that I took and what stood out because it was a lot different than I thought it was going to be. Stay with us on Sports to the Max. Welcome back, Sports to the Max. Jay Pivik will join us at 7.05 to break down the men's final four tomorrow. He uh, also scouts for the San Antonio Spurs, so we'll talk a little bit. They're trying to make the playoffs. And Jay, of course, a legendary junior college coach here and beyond. So we'll talk some serious hoops on the other side. Twins won today 8-7. to seven. Byron Buxton homered twice. Carlos Correa homered once. Chris Archer was eh, not so great. Uh, making a start for the, uh, the the Twins, although he's got to stretch it out a little bit, get to where he wants to go. So the women's Final Four is here in downtown Minneapolis, and um, I wanted to see how, we, how how the city would handle this based on, um, you know, all that's happened since the last time we had an event downtown. Here's what I forgot. Here Here's what I forgot. The city has already handled, you know, because I'm thinking pre-George Floyd, right? Pre-COVID. How, how did we, you know, how will we be different now as to how we handle a big event versus? Here's what I forgot, and, and this is incredibly important. The city has already handled many, many, many bigger events. They're called Vikings games. And when the Vikings play and they get 60-some thousand people coming to downtown Minneapolis, that is a huge event. Tonight, you're talking about playing at Target Center, and I don't even know if it's sold out. 
So you're talking about a good Timberwolves crowd or a good uh, Minnesota Wild crowd, let's just say, in terms of the number of people that will access the arena. Now, what is a touch different about the Women's Final Four is that uh, there are people that are here and they're staying in, in the Twin Cities, as opposed to people that would go to a Timberwolves or a Wild game. You have the people from the different colleges, etc., that you know, the sport and the teams, all those things. So you've got some pockets of areas, the Minneapolis Convention Center, the Hilton Hotel across the street from us at WCCO-TV, uh, kind of some headquarter places. But it's almost like there's two different cities out there. You walk Nicollet Mall, and you would never know, you would never know that there's an event going on. You don't feel it. You don't see it. Here's what I saw. I saw three squad cars parked on the sidewalks. And there's a part of you that says, because depending on where you're staying in the hotel, if you walk from Target Center over to the Hyatt Hotel on uh, on 14th and Nicollet, you, you, you'd probably take Nicollet Mall and you're going, but God, I hope these people don't see this. I hope, I, I hope these people that came here don't. I hope they don't walk on Nicollet Mall right now and see that we got squad cars parked on the sidewalks because you're probably going to say, why do you got squad cars parked on the sidewalks? And then that's going to lead to a, you know, some kind of a conversation about what's happened in Minneapolis and how it's that. You also had, again, the pockets of people smoking dope with open bottles. And it is um, it is not good optically speaking. And it's it's all if you walk Nicollet Mall, you run into this two or three times. Ninth and Nicollet, Eighth and LaSalle, over you can run into this. And it's at minimum uncomfortable, especially for people that haven't been to Minneapolis and don't know their way around town. Now, now for me, it's easy because I walk there all the time and I and I know the where the places are. And, and on top of that, some of these people, and I'm talking about the ones that are smoking dope and, and, and drinking out of an open bottle, I kind of like to engage with them because they, they, they enjoy the back and forth in the conversation. And for whatever reason, many of them watch Channel 4, I found out. So many times they'll stop me when I'm walking over to, and, and I, I, I try to, what I really want to do is get them on my side. So for future reference, if I'm not, you know, hey man, I'm, I'm with you, I'm with you, man. Let's, we can talk about whatever you want to try. Let's talk sports, let's talk whatever it is. And I also want to engage them to find out where they're at. Why are they here? What's going on in their lives? But that's for somebody that works here every day. My concern is that for those people that come from out of town that walk by there, are they going to go back and say, oh, stay away from Minneapolis? Now, as you got, here's, here's why I say it was two different cities. When you got over closer to Target Center, they've got, I, I guess, the equivalent to a fan fest right out in front. Uh, you know, some interactive things and some stuff going on. Um, there were, I mean, I mean, it was a small pep fest. And so I realized that while this is, a big event in terms of it's the final four teams, it's not a big event in terms of the number of people that are attending. Uh, at least 20 minutes before the game, that's, that's when I left at 20 to 6. I mean, it was, it wasn't even close to half full. Now, now they had some trouble getting people in. There was a, they were at a standstill outside, so I don't know if they filled it up or not. But, but it, it looked like an easy ticket. So I think uh, what I realized was I don't think we'll, that there's going to be any problems here with the execution of the Final Four uh, from from a Minnesota and Minneapolis standpoint because it's really no different 
than when there's a Timberwolves game or a Gopher game or a state tournament, you know, championship Saturday. Uh, all those things are very similar to what they're doing right now. I just hope that the people don't veer too far off the beaten path and walk Nicollet Ball and go over by Ninth and Nicollet in some of those places. I, I don't want I, I don't want to, them to see some of the things that we see on a daily basis because I don't want them to go back home and say, oh, it reminded me of when I was in Detroit back in 1994. Because you hear that sometimes. You know, you hear that reference to Detroit once in a while. Now, now we have nice buildings here, and we have uh, the infrastructure is good, and and it's relatively clean. It's just that you run into pockets of people that are smoking dope. Uh, some are urinating in the alley, and some have open bottles. Now, now these are, these are not huge groups, but they're just enough to get your attention where you go, I'm not sure if I can feel safe around here. And when you see the squad cars, and I understand why now, these squad cars, many of them, you might not know this, that are parked in front of different businesses are hired by the businesses. So they're off-duty police officers, but they're allowed to use their squad cars because it's for safe public safety. And it's it's not a mandate from the police force. It's businesses that are hiring the squad cars. But if you don't know that, you assume that, oh my gosh, they must really be concerned here in Minneapolis because the, the, the police department is putting squad cars on the sidewalks. The businesses obviously feel that there's an advantage to having squad cars on the sidewalks. And I walk this all the time and I visit with the police officers and I visit with the people outside of it and I know what they're watching and all those things. But m- most of the time, th- these are privately hired police officers with cars and I don't know how that works or what the allowance is for it. But if you're walking down and you see that, it gets your attention in a negative way. And so... That's what I'm concerned about. But the actual event to the Final Four, um, no, this this is just like running a Timberwolves game or something else. They're, they're, and you, you have less parking because more people are staying downtown, so they're walking over. Um, it, it seemed very safe to me. It seemed like it was a, a very reasonable way uh, to go about your business, to go about watching a game. Uh, it felt like, like I said, I, I didn't, I didn't see, I don't think, hardly a college basketball fan until I got within two blocks of the arena. I, I thought I was going to see it on Nicollet Mall, like you know, people with their colors and their sweatshirts, and you know, go Louisville, you know, whatever it is, cards rule. I didn't see that until you got by the arena. The same way it would be for a Timberwolves game or something like that. People park within three blocks, they walk to the arena, and they go to the game. And um, I got to admit, there was there was kind of a sigh of relief that I had. And, and all of a sudden, I started to do the math, and I go, okay, that does make sense. Because whatever the target center holds is what your audience is. This isn't a Viking game. This isn't 60-some thousand people. And we can do that, so I'm sure we can do this. All right. Jay Pivik, the Piv. Pivik and the Pivot, we call it. He'll break down the final four. Who you like? Duke, North Carolina? Piv knows a lot about it because he knows a lot of the coaches that are involved in it. We'll visit with him when we come back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.